0: Of thread House, Manny or Manuel Jackson. What should I even call you?
1: <laughs> Yo, Manny Manny Jackson is fine. That's what everybody <laughs> called me, you know.
0: Yeah, so um I was fortunate to meet Manny in NYC, uh, I believe during NFT weekend, NFT NYC weekend, which is a real crazy weekend in New York. Um, it always reminds me of my first time going to um a miami south south beach trip during memorial day weekend let's say if you've been in south beach in like the 2000s and from morning up to to sundown to morning up you just partying from party to party to place to place to network to network and it doesn't stop uh that was like one of the the most uh Greatest experiences that actually happens in New York once a year, and I got a chance to meet uh, Manny, and I would like to introduce him to Beyond the Blockchain Podcast. Manny, welcome.
1: Yo, thank you so much, AB, for having me, man. I really, really appreciate it, man. I mean, it's amazing what you're what you're doing with this uh, this opportunity right here, and I'm glad that you uh, gave me a call to uh, welcome me onto your show, man. So appreciate you.
0: Absolutely. So um I always start out with uh, uh the 5 Ws. Um who, what, when, where, and why. So uh let's start out with like who are you? Like where you come from? Your upbringing? Like what what push you into the direction you are and and you know.
1: Yo, so yeah, man. So my who is um I'm originally from North Raleigh, North Carolina, Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina. Um, I, um, I grew up out there, um, I have a lot of family on the East Coast, a lot of my family's in, uh, Connecticut, New York, uh, DC, um, hence to where I get a lot of my East Coast swag, I guess, um, and, uh, you know, I, um, I, uh, went to school in North Carolina, NC State University, transferred to, um, actually going to, uh, fashion so i studied psychology i was a site major and then i went in and just started um studying fashion moved out here to uh, los angeles california and pursued my dream of being a fashion designer i attended fidm um fashion um, institute of design and merchandising in downtown la and i was able to pivot from there and uh excuse me start uh start some of my one of my first businesses which was um the gent's closet so um from there i went into doing wardrobe styling simultaneously i worked in um mental health as well uh that was like i said my my major was psychology so i i have been working in the mental health field man probably since 20 plus years now to be honest and uh but fashion was always a passion as well. And so I was blessed to be able to, you know, kind of figure out throughout my journey, how to merge them. And that's where I'm at now.
0: One of the things that we don't learn or we've, we've never been taught is mental health coming up. We were just like, uh, there was really no way I identified it. And some parents gave ass whippings, excuse me for cursing, for- Yeah. for. Something that they didn't really understand Or the fidget or The agitation of something So coming up as a child um, Was fashion Something that Was Did it come from you not having And feeling bad to say I want to Dress or I want to style You understand what I'm trying to my yeah, point?
1: yeah great question So to be honest um, Man So I was actually talking about this on something the other day. So let me let me take you back a little bit. What really got me inspired and really set me up in create in a, in a creative space, um, I used to get bullied, you know what I mean? But I used to fight a lot. So I used to have to fight all the time growing up because I was, you know, light skinned, young, pretty, curly hair, you know, just I could I didn't fit in with necessarily my, you know, growing up in the South, so I didn't necessarily fit in with always the black community. And I didn't always, I didn't fit in with always the white community. So I was always this guy that was kind of like in between. (laughs) And I wasn't really about clicking. I always kind of was on my own, but growing up, I had to, I fought a lot. So, um, because I was small and everything like that. But what that did for me, it gave me, uh, A different level of of, of confidence about myself um to always stand my ground and i think that's where i've learned how to stand my ground and, and and started early with that of being different right and fast forward what led me to look at things a little bit different where i didn't have to fight so much i started learning how to fight a little bit more articulately with my words and and not so much with my hands. But that also came from me um, getting into fashion. I had always kind of wanted fashion, but my mother, um, they wouldn't, my mom wouldn't like, she didn't like to buy me name brand stuff. My dad didn't mind, but my mom didn't want to buy me any name brand. So my dad would give her money and she wouldn't go buy me nice clothes. She would go buy me, you know, secondhand stuff. And so I dressed really preppy, hence to why I was always getting picked on and stuff. And so when I uh, finally got a chance To start working and making my own money At the age of like 13 um, I started saving up my money And started working I started buying clothes And when I was buying clothes The first time I bought clothes And I came to school And I was in a fresh look Like everybody wanted that look And it was something that I had just kind of put together So the next week I went and bought that same outfit again and I sold that outfit. And that really, really started my journey in fashion, to be honest, because what that did was, like I said, I didn't I I kind of started becoming a cool kid, right? Like no one would mess with me because my my clothing was fly. I had a different type of personality and everybody knew that I was very quick to fight. I didn't care how big you was, how small you was. If you fought, if you wanted to fight me and you put your hands on me, it's going down. And that let people know, like, well, he's not really that, that, that. I'm not the popular kid, but I'm cool, right? I was the cool kid. And I kind of stepped, state to myself. I had my friends. I had my friends. Don't get me wrong, but I had my friends, but at the same time, like i kind of was into my own thing and that journey led me to kind of uh focusing around uh focusing on clothing so when my friends would go up north to buy certain things i would go up north and buy clothing and i would bring it back north carolina and i would sell clothes in barbershops i would sell it around and everything we was burning cds we was doing all sorts of stuff right there to make money Absolutely. so i was selling at the flea market you know what i mean i was selling at flea market so i i was hustling just so i could look fly and on top of that i i wanted to keep people around me looking fly too because everybody always liked what i was wearing so that really started my fashion journey i had to kind of take you back because i think that was a very that that's that younger me was very pivotal because it allowed me to learn my power. It it, it it taught me that it was okay to be different. And I used me being different to my advantage. I didn't use it to my disadvantage. I used it to my advantage. And that allowed me to kind of go into fashion. And fashion became really my superpower.
0: It's so funny because people don't talk about superpowers. And they don't know uh, where it comes from or how to identify it. Um, <clears throat> What point of time? So it came from you out, you 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 finding your way, so to say, right? Yeah. Um The idea of going to New York, buying clothes for cheap, bringing this down south uh, barber shops. Now you building relationships. People know you around the neighborhood as the clothes guy. You the neighborhood guy. Plus you you fashionable. Um, what were some of the influences though? Like was it music? Was it hip hop? Like. Oh,
1: man. All day, hip hop culture. You know, whatever New York was doing, you know, the Carolinas was trying to do it, right? So, I was I was immersed in the hip hop culture. Um, I, I used to rap. I used to I used to want to be a rapper. That was my first passion, and I was I was nice with it. You know, me and my sister, we had a little group um, as well, and um, I I was just so about that. um that lifestyle and um, I remember when I was younger watching Beak Street and watching like how the young that younger generation was moving in the Bronx and you know when I went to the Bronx to visit my grandfather and just kind of getting all all that culture and just picking it up and and, and understanding how they were just kind of moving in the 80s and it they moved like rebels. They didn't really care about what everybody's saying. It, it, it wasn't about you had to have fly clothes, but your fly clothes didn't come from you going to the store and buying. Your fly clothes came from you creating your style. And so that individual style and look for me is became a big part and very significant into how I maneuvered with my own fashion and style as I continue to grow. And that's why the music and the culture of hip hop was so influential in everything that I was doing, the way that I talk, the way that I I, I, I walk, the way that I actually um, put words together, the way I told stories, and it was just an influential time for me that helped me pivot everything that I was dealing with from different cultural experiences mm-hmm. down to different street situations, down to dealing with my own personal demons.
0: You made a reference to Beach Street. Um, That is one of my favorite movies of all time.
1: (laughs) All all time.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, you took me there because I remember growing up Harlem, Bronx. I remember Empty Lots. I remember the dogs. The dogs, the dogs will chase you. They'll be deep. Don't get chased by the dogs. These be dogs everywhere.
1: (laughs) Jump over a fence real quick. (laughs) You know, Um, part of that, man. To be honest, growing up in the South too, because I can't take that away. Because growing up in the South, growing up as a country boy, and 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 having always having a a, a different type of twang, a different type of swag, but also being very true to being country. So like, when I say being country, that means like you're around a lot of land, you're around a lot of, you're not in the city, you know, you're around trees, you're around squirrels, rabbits, deer, you know, hunting is a part of the culture, you know, red sand <laughs> you know what I mean like, like, so growing up there and just experiencing the culture in the south for me growing up but still heavily influenced by everything that was happening in hip hop culture that was influenced by the east coast it was so beautiful to see when the south started getting recognized for their talent and I remember how be Being different played into how I saw people like Outclass, right? Because I could relate to the Outcast, where I can relate to Andre 3000 so much more than I can relate to a lot of other rappers because of his ability to always kind of morph. You know, he was kind of like a uh, uh, what you call it, like a not a not a caterpillar, but what am I saying? He uh, a chameleon. My bad. So he's more like a chameleon because he could morph into whatever he needed to be, and and he was and he was never um, he was never um, questioned about him. And then when he was, he stood his ground. So I related to that in a lot of ways. But my cousins they introduced me to West Coast rap. They introduced me to the E-40s of the world and 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 and, and the uh, Easy uh, E's of the world, right? And, and and then that became a big part of how people started talking, right? Especially in the South, people would mix what they would hear that Easy E was saying. They'll mix it in with some Southern twang and everything like that. So it, it's music, culture, and hip-hop was so very relevant to my overall story and my journey, man, that I I continuously pay homage to it in my designs, I pay homage to it in my clothing, and even in my stories.
0: That's really, really dope. Like, um, influences, we don't realize they come from a lot of places as, it's like, as we go through life, we just like, pick up different pieces of influence, Especially within our culture um, And within saying that <clears throat> He was talking about the south <laughs> And Coming outside And it's being just nothing But you know the suburbs Like you know you got the woods and all of that Compared to being in New York You're outside in the mix of a bunch of people Like you know um, Both ways you become creative Into dealing with the nature or the atmosphere or what you in you know what i'm saying um so but north carolina for me is it's always that place where it's that in between because it's like you're in between new Yorkish and virginia ish right the new york and the dc ish Right, and then you in between you got the South, and so a lot of New Yorkers. And it's and the funny thing they say Atlanta is the the port no, it's it's the north North Carolina, I believe, because it's like you go there, half of the town is from New York, half of the town is from North Carolina. You feel me? And then don't get me started with I don't know how like the the Mexican they kind of like took over <laughs> North Carolina too because I didn't even know that either I'm passing through Raleigh-Durham and it's just like whoa this, like, this whole area is like so diversified in community but <clears throat> going back because I, I always go into these rants um, going going back into um, he was rapping the passion the clothing brand at what point in time did you say you know what I'm going to make this my business like I'm going to start my brand man
1: I never forget that when that happened so I was in the 12th grade and me and my me and my man we were sitting in the car and I was like yo I want to design my own clothes cuz you know at at that time by that time, we had gotten into boosting. We had gotten into a whole lot of other stuff at that time. And so, we we was really into the name brands. And we was really into, like, having Tommy Hilfiger, Nada Capolo, Cartier, you know what I'm saying, Gucci, all that. We was really into the brand name stuff. You know, Coogee, Iceberg, Moschino. We had all of that. We was, re- we was all about it. And... I was re- re- looking at a magazine. I was looking at a magazine. I was looking at a a Maskeen ad, right? Mesquine where they used to hand paint and I was like and it was right beside the Moschino ad, it was a Tommy Hilfiger ad on the other page. And I had I had invested so much money and energy into Tommy Hilfiger and I was like, man, one day I'm going to design my own clothes. And that when I when I said it it is why it's so Engraved in my memory Is because I still go back to that day I would go back to that day We were sitting in that my, my best friend's truck And I looked into that magazine And I said it And then fast forward It was about four years later Where I was in my, I was in my crib I called my friend up And I was like Yo Grab some paint I said, I'm going to go into the garage. I said, yo, we just gonna, I'm going to go to the store. We're going to get some clothes. So we went to the thrift store. I got some clothes. And I went to Joanne's and I got some puffy paint. And I came back home and we made these abstract designs with puffy paint on, on shirts. And we looked at it and we was like, yo, this is kind of dope. And so I made like five of them. And then them to the club like the next night. People were like, yo, is that Mesquite? Is that Mesquite? Mesquite? like nah it's not it's like yo what is that and at this time we didn't have a name we didn't know i was just like nah it's just something with something special you know what i mean and get back in the lab and me and my boy we cranked out again we made another couple trains then one of my boys he had a and i'm kind of fast forwarding a little bit but um he had a store and It was a lot of, it was a lot of, it was a lot of D-Boys growing up. You know, everybody was, everybody had hood dreams. And, and my man told me, he said, yo, you should kill the hood dream, you dig? And you should really focus on this, this clothing thing that you're doing right now. And he was like, I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna take five of your pieces, I'm gonna put it in my store. And then on Friday, come back and pick up your money. If you sold anything, I give you, I give you whatever you sell, I give you 80% of it. I'ma take 20%. I was like, bet. So he took like four or five shirts, and I went back the next month, that next Friday, and I never forget I picked up six hundred dollars from them. And I was like, yo. <laughs> She's like, Yeah, huh? Here you go. This is your bread. I was like, six hundred dollars? I was like, I ain't never made that much money. <laughs> like, selling candy and anything else. I was like, not at one time. And so he was like, he's like, I really think you got something with this clothing thing, man. You need to you need to focus on it. He said, the other stuff, you need to let it go. Focus on this clothing thing. And I was like, all right, we'll see. But after that, Everybody around the town started wanting to wear this because I'm like I'm seeing people going to go at the club and they wearing my T-shirts that I made right they're not even knowing it's my T-shirts and so it's like I'm starting to feel like I'm trying starting to feel myself a little bit and then uh that's when I was like you know what I think I got some here and I started lock I, I locked in I started locking in.
0: So, at the point of locking in, establishing—is this before, or after you thought about the Web three thing at all?
1: Nah, this was when I was. This was this was twenty years ago when I was a kid. Okay. So this was this was the very beginning of my of of my idea around fashion. Okay. I had never thought about being a fashion designer other than that first time that I was in, in high school. Um, And then, like I said, four or five years Four years later, fast forward We made the designs, and after we made The designs, we quickly Like, literally that next week, we locked In and started, you know, making The shirts, and my boy, it was—it all Kind of happened quickly And then, like, I locked In, and so, what I started How I started off as fashion, in fashion I started off hand painting clothes, that's what I was Doing, so, I just Really started locking In with that, and Then um, I got accepted into a program um, At the Art Institute You know, a young lady I was dating at the time She had submitted my portfolio And they gave me a call And I was like, what? And then next thing you know I had an opportunity to go to that school And then I had an aunt that lived in LA And she was like, hey, um, I live in LA And she did fashion And so one thing about me if with fashion it's always been embedded in my dna i can't say that i could be doing anything else in this world right now other than this because this is something that has been embedded in my dna since i was a kid because what i used to do i used to go to the store even though i couldn't afford to buy the nice clothes i used to go into the store and just read the labels And just read what the material was And I studied the material and the fabric And I became so good at knowing fabric And knowing what stuff was made out of And my aunt She recognized that Because she was in fashion She was like You a textile kid You really should take this fashion stuff serious And when she told me that I was kind of like Blew it over I was like Nah This ain't it Because growing up North Carolina You don't really see Men Doing fashion, right? You didn't see men doing fashion at the time. It wasn't. It was very taboo. It's more recognizable now. Everybody's doing some stuff, but growing up, you didn't really see that. So for me, I looked at it like, oh wow, you know what? Let me take my let me take a stab at it. When she said that to me, I really started to take a little bit, take it a little bit more serious. After she was like, I really think that you got something special here, and the reason she said it is because. I knew, I knew fashion, I knew content of fabric so well that I could look at a clothing and touch it and be like, alright, cool that has 90% rayon, or that's 20% polyester, or this is that like, I was that good that, I, and I had never been to school or did anything, and she was like, yo, I think you should really pursue it
0: You know, coming come with something that you passionate about, um, not understanding, like, protocol of how you go about things but Doing the recon and understanding what you're doing before you start doing it because a lot of people say well i want to do fashion and they don't have the first clue about textiles and fabrics like you say textiles, they be like what you mean the fabric like you know so um but that i guess that came naturally to you because the influence of, of your family member right
1: no no nah, it had nothing to do with it it just came naturally to me because I love textiles that much. Like I was that guy when I was that kid. My mom went and go and buy me nice stuff, but I was all I was at the I was feeling. I look in. I, I, That's what I do. I go into the I go into the mall, and we'll go into uh, like Filene's or something like that, or some really the uh, you know some really nice store in the mall. And I go in and I just look through the department and look at stuff that had texture. And I open up and look in and read what it is and how it was made and where it came from. And that's it. And I I was doing that early. I was doing that when I was a kid. And I have been doing that for years. Mm -hmm. So it was crazy because my friends reminded me too because they used to come to me and ask me, yo, what's this made out of, bro? Like, what is this? Like, what's this fabric? Like, I used to just... I could just know what that texture is. And and then I started getting familiar with texture. And then later on, all the different textiles that they are in the world. And then, you know, understanding the difference between fibers and natural fibers and synthetic fibers and all that. Without me going to school, I started studying it as if I already like it was something I was just fascinated about. So it didn't, it didn't come from an influence of a family member or anything like that. Where my aunt came in is when she, when I, when I met, this was my first time meeting this aunt, by the way, too. When I met her for the first time, she validated what I was doing and also who I was. And she she let me know, you can stay in North Carolina and be nobody, or you can move to California and become who you want to become. And at that time I was like, ah, California eh, We can go check it out And uh, I ended up coming out here And staying with her and, and the rest is history mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so, Thread House Talk to me about Thread House, where, where did that come from?
1: So, Thread House Started, so, like I was saying Earlier, when I um When I started my first business i would say i opened up here it was called the gents closet so it was a men's style house where we would do men styling and uh provide wardrobe makeovers for um people and it was like the first rental styling house that you know i that i have heard of in los angeles at the time there was no male showrooms at the time or anything like that and so i started gents closet and um I worked with a lot of different stylists, a lot of different brands. And so I opened up the style house as a way for stylists to be able to pull my clothes. Like, cause I was making ties and bow ties and neckties and all sorts of accessories at the time. And I also worked a full-time job working in mental health. And I always was missing people pulling my clothes. So I was like, well, let me open up my own business so stylists can come and pull for me. When I'm at work, I could just have somebody at, sit at the at the at the office. They can come in. They can pull it, and they can use it for a photo shoot. That way, I can get some press, and then I can take that to another level. So anyway, I end up working into my own business full time and uh, leaving my job and started the Gents Closet, and that became my first passion, really, with with this whole fashion thing. Um, and uh, Thread House became the in house brand. For the gents closet mm. So when people was pulling My stuff um, At the time it was the quality Abstract apparel and then I converted that And later on When I did a remodel and a remake to my business uh Threadhouse became The in house brand for the gents closet So that's how I got started
0: That's dope um, And I, I noticed that The logo is a sewing machine with a house with the thread going through and yep. uh dope, def, dope concept. Where did that where did that concept come from?
1: Because man, um, I'm a conceptualist, man, and at the time I wanted to create exactly I wanted someone to be able to look at my logo and, and, and get it. So I told my homeboy who was helping me with the design, I was like, yo, this is what we gonna do. We're gonna put the house Inside the sewing machine (laughs) And he was like What? I was like look Think about it the house inside The sewing machine and so We came back we hit back Me and him with different ideas and he hit Me back with that with that logo And he was like what this is he said what you think About this I was like Yep that's it that's the one And we ran With it and what was so dope about it Was I Wanted something subliminal So every part of the logo has messaging behind it because as we were designing, I was thinking about everything from the way Thread House is written. It has a T with a a needle. The top of the T is a needle head. Um, The top of the sewing machine is like a little T right there. The the sewing machine top of the house is the triangle, which became significant later in the house. Like every part of the of the I of, of the um of the logo and the branding has meaning behind it, and I realized that that was a powerful way for me to think about things. That's how I think about things, but I did not realize how powerful it was until later on in life it started revealing itself. Of why I do the things that I do Why the colors mean things Why the placement mean things And so with the logo What was so beautiful was way I thought about this Early on But I never thought about how it was going to show up I wanted to create Something that Embody and embrace the community And embrace the workers So how does that work So the community is kind of like They're like the house They're the foundation right But you need the people inside of the house To keep it working that's the sewing machine And so that's The people that's putting their blood sweat And tears into making sure this kind of Goes together but you need your supporters To, to buy it To make sure that, that everything is running smoothly In the house so like It it, it simultaneously Really began to show itself Throughout the journey of what it is that I'm what I created it for and what it is, what it's becoming to this day. Mm.
0: That's really, really dope and really really deep and it was it's really really thought out. So um since this is beyond the blockchain, um I want to talk about Threadhouse and your store and everything you got going on with the digital digital. Um, talk tell me about what is three R. R-, uh, R okay. R- three <laughs> Yeah, like I, like this is this is what the blockchain is about. Like um having entrepreneurs, startups and businesses. A lot of people talk the tech stuff. Um, they talk about these creative ideas. They talk about Star Wars and amazing stuff, but they don't actually have a physical, tangible website or a physical, tangible process that, from beginning of concept from idea to actually going there and there and buying it and owning the physical and digital together and founder Manny Jackson Thread House has done it and he's here to talk about it and talk about everything that he's got going on in this amazing website and uh yeah just talk about it let's let's go there.
1: All right so R3 um stands for recycle, repurpose reprogram. And we started the R three initiative um to be honest man we started it as a as a way to Raise money for a charity that I had called Hope Healing, and so Hope Healing came from the idea from my style house where we kind of three of, three friends of mine that were stylists that was also doctors, um, and we one day we were sitting around and we found out that we had this whole healthcare um, thing outside of fashion, and uh, at the time the president says her, her name is Dom. She says, "Yo." Um, I'm tired of styling celebrities she had just came back from a a photo shoot with Elle magazine Mm. and somebody and um, at the other time my other the other young lady her name is Paz she was um, styling um, Will I Am and the Black Eyed Peas and I was I had the style house so they was always pulling for me for their different clients and we was just sitting around like yo how dope would it be if we could actually style kids or people that really care and you know they worked at Children's Hospital, which is a hospital located out here in Los Angeles. And um, I simultaneously, I worked for a nonprofit that worked with kids with um, developmental disability and autism. Mm-hmm. And um, so we decided to put together this whole entire day where we would d- provide a wardrobe makeover for youth with chronic illnesses and we would go to the hospital and give these kids this beautiful wardrobe makeover, hook them up with some dope clothes, hook them up with, you know, a photo shoot, food, the whole thing, just love on them, right? Just make them feel like what we do for celebrities. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one year, we was very short on funding our experience and we decided we turned this into a whole nonprofit. And so we needed to raise money and I decided to use my brand as a ticket to raise money. And I created A hundred caps um, Out of all Recycled repurposed material A hundred one of ones And we sold them And I sold them to raise Money for our charity event And also To raise information About what it was that we Eventually wanted to do And this became the R3 collection Recycle, repurpose, reprogram And it's so beautiful because we've been able to really capitalize off of what this idea is. And it didn't start off as an idea to capitalize off of. It just started off just genuinely, like I just shared with you. But um, these one of one hats later on kind of went into a collection of clothing that I um, was going to introduce with Champion. and and then other brands um that i started working with and other organizations and it just kind of just morphed to where we did shoes and all sorts of stuff from all of this recycled material and so recycling was a big part of our story and upcycling and so now where r3 lives is all of this stuff is one-on-one and i never realized at the time when i was doing it that i was making all of these as one-on-one i thought i was just really like just making cool stuff and i I never thought about like the process of it Mm -hmm. but now i saw the process and i'm like yo with this whole idea with web3 technology with all of the things that we're doing why not give people more exclusivity around their product and why not figure out a way to take that one-on-one and give them more ownership behind it? Why not tell the story of how we made it? And some of these pieces, man, have the story um, in inside of it. It's really the story. Like, i give you a little bit of information. What I'm really excited about with this show that, that we're working on a, a really cool uh, uh, fashion exhibition, right? And one of the things that I'm very excited about is three of these pieces are pieces that i'm telling you about that went through three different phases in life and when i say three different phases in life that means it started off as a blank canvas that we used for people to tag up when we first started thread house and we didn't have a sign and we just used to invite people to our events to tag up and then that piece got cut into um uh, uh, one of our signature pieces called a cloak and it turned into we made shoes out of this denim we made all sorts of stuff out of this denim and so that's the second life and then the third life is it got upcycled into this piece and then it got naturally dyed right so it was it started off as this one color never sold it then we dyed it naturally and then now I just upcycled it again and turned it into one of our bags and made it a convertible bag now so where I used pieces from other parts of the collection um, as well and so it's just telling this overall history and this story and um, I know we gotta get ready to go but I think this is where we are with Web3 technology and what we're looking forward to is giving people an opportunity to authenticate what we did and who we are, trace it back and also validate, you know, What you're doing and what you're wearing and everything So there's no need to front about it and when you can actually Go back and look at the history Our clothing we're Expanding the life cycle and our clothing is Sharing our journey and our
0: Stories That's really really dope What are the five pillars
1: Oh man Our five pillars man so they come From things that We've been all about since we started and never really knew this is what we were doing and when I sat back and I looked at my journey and I said yo what is what what is my brand really based on what am I really based on what are the things that really move me the five pillars are community so i've already kind of told you about how we done things for our community with our whole healing initiative and different things going out feeding people and giving away shoes and using our resources to do things and um, education uh well we created an educational program um, where we wanted to teach people how to be more sustainable, give them tools, teach them about sewing tips, tips and tricks, and stuff like that. It's just always education—you're educating people on the processes of that we're going through and how we're growing. Um, innovation. Well, the technology that we're using with Web three and all of the ways that we're looking to be more innovative and not just that our clothing is innovative as well because it's all multifunctional and it keeps people um gives people a reason to save on their clothing in their wardrobe right and then we have um creativity creativity is such a um important thing to me because I'm a creative. And I think anything and everything that we do in this world is all about creating. And then sustainability. How our whole brand is being built on it. Where we're taking all old clothes, we're taking stuff and just remaking it and giving it new life and expanding on the life cycle. So that's the breakdown of our five pillars.
0: That's that's really, really dope. Um two things. My partner Yuri always asks these questions uh one a book that you're currently reading and two a book that have changed your life.
1: Um As a Man Thinketh, um is a book that changed my I can't remember the art art uh the author right now. It escapes me. But um and the, what uh, what book am I reading right now? It's right there on my thing. Uh uh rich man poor dad no uh think and grow rich i'm rereading think and grow rich because i'm um i'm encouraging my son to read it again we 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 read it a long time ago but now he's 16 i'm 42 (laughs) uh it's been some time since we read it and i think that um mentally it's going to show me a different way Of where I'm at now in life And I think it's going to show him a different way Of where he's at in life as well And so those are That's what I'm currently reading um, And it's another book that I, I really like um, By uh, the By this lady I can't remember that lady's name either uh, She's Arthur Mel uh, Mel something I can't remember Mel's last name But she has a book um, It's Unfuck Yourself <laughs> And that book is really cool Because it really gets you out of your Mind of Lack, doubt and also Taking accountability
0: Tell them how They can find Thread's house, how they can get you your project um, And be a part of the community and well, before you last thing Do fun But how can people get that hat You got on
1: <laughs> Oh this hat Ah this hat Okay, This hat that I'm wearing is an exclusive hat Between me and a, a good friend of mine Remember I was telling you we used to We do a lot of collabs It's called Stuzo And uh, this is where I took Some of her old sweatshirts And her old merch And we made these hats We made these hats very limited. So uh, we will have to rerun these with her again. Um, So that's what that is. I think there might be one or two left on the website. Maybe. I don't know. But um, send me a DM. And then, um, because I make them. So I can always hit her up and say, hey, people want us to remake these hats again. Um, So that's that. And where you can get my merchandise and get some of the new merchandise that we have coming out. Is um, you can visit us at Thread House. Houses spell H A U S dot co. threadhouse dot co. Um, that is us on all platforms, on social media, on um, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or X, um, Pinterest, as well as LinkedIn, Facebook. Everywhere is Thread House Co. And um, houses once again spell H A U S.
0: Oh, um, just I just want you to run a few Over a few things I've seen that you got um, Incubators and crowdfunding on your site um, Yeah So Just give me a little
1: Okay, so last year Okay, so what brought us into Web3 We didn't get a chance to talk about this much Well, what brought us into Web3 Was we was creating An incubator program So remember one of our five pillars is Education And so, one of the the reasons we was creating an incubator program was we wanted to um, give people an opportunity to learn how to be more sustainable, how to do practice DIY, and we created this learn-to-earn program, and we wanted to evolve this. And so, in order for us to raise money and awareness, I created this idea uh, for this incubator, and... You wanted to use Web3 technology to give people opportunity to to fund what we were doing. Um, That led more into this new project around mental health awareness, right? But the whole idea around the incubator is it's still existing. It's still part of the reason we're doing this NFT collection. The reason that we're speaking about the things that we're speaking because I really believe that each one teach one i believe that we all have skills that we can learn from and why not create a space where someone can have a skill they can come in and teach a skill and then someone can have not have a skill and they can come in and learn a skill and why not trade this together because we all have access to different information and different knowledge as well and experiences and i think it's so valuable if we're utilizing our resources In a way where we're teaching one another And educating each other um, Versus just Talking about things that's Cool or not working or what is Working why not teach each Other how to make it work
0: That's really cool um, You have and weekly the crowd calls fun- huh? You have your weekly calls Don't you
1: Yeah so I've been doing, uh, well, right now, I'm Not I'm not doing a weekly call anymore, but what I'm doing now is I'm just getting everybody geared up for our event that's taking place um, January the 26th, 2024 um, at uh, a gallery here in West Hollywood called The Art Department, which is a very influential Web3 community space. Um, And uh, we're excited because we're gonna take over the art department for three weeks, collaborating with about 10 different artists. And we're releasing a collection around our mental health movement, and then also a collection that's inspiring Dope Dads to celebrate Dope Dads. And I'm so excited about this collection because the more I get closer and closer to it, the more people remind me that Dope Dads need love too and uh i'm excited that i've 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 taken on this undertaking and i'm standing firm with it you know everybody's like why you ain't do dope moms or why you didn't do this or why you didn't do that <laughs> but i'm able to say moms are loved everybody loves the moms you know and it's all good i love the moms too but because yeah, moms love get them.
0: flowers and rings and all of this stuff and diamonds it's- for Mother's Day's trips, Dad gets a sweater or a tie. Or <laughs> <With> some socks.
1: <laughs> you know, um, and so we created this whole Dope Dash series. And I and I honestly think that we're gonna sell out. I know we're gonna sell out. We're gonna we're gonna get a lot of support on this. And I'm excited more than anything. I'm just excited to walk down the street, man, and see somebody wearing a dope dad sweater I had a lady Stop me yesterday Man this is just Real quick I Had a lady Stop me yesterday And she like Liked my jacket My shirt And so she was looking She was like I want one of these shirts And she didn't know That it said dope dad She just liked The carrots on it And then I told her I said oh She's like oh What is this shirt? does that other shirt Say that he's wearing I was like Oh it says dope dad And she was like uh, I'm not a dope dad, though. And her friend comes and said, but you got a dope dad. And then she was like, I do got a dope dad. <laughs> and
0: then,
1: yeah. And she's like, oh, I could wear that shirt, huh? I was like, yeah. She's like, all right, I'm gonna order two of them. She was like, wow. She's like, i want to order one for me, and I'm gonna order one for my dope dad. And that just inspired me to keep pushing, and it inspired me that I was on the right track, and it inspired me that... Ex- that it inspired me to say that, you know, it's okay to stick to your crazy ideas. Because everybody, people may be, you know, it might take you a long time, but you got to stick to it, especially if you believe it. And I do believe that dope dads need to be celebrated, so.
0: Yeah, I got to give you one of those shirts, too, because I'm a dope dad, and I got a dope dad, and I know some dope dads. <laughs>
1: There it is, man. And, and you know what's really dope, man, just real quick, is our our, our event is definitely happening in, here in California, but we're also going to have it virtually as well. So we're going to live stream it, and uh, we got it. We got a metaverse with it and all this stuff. So, you know, people will be able to get the swag or, excuse me, the swag right now is on sale. Um, it'll go up a week before the show. Um, the NFTs and stuff are on sale. All of that stuff is 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 rocking and rolling, man. And so if people are listening and want to still join in, um, they can actually be able to they'll be able to live stream right into the spatial gallery as well. So and they can get there right off our website too. So
0: that's dope. I'm looking forward to it. I've been saying dope all day. Right? Dope that's dope, that's dope, dope that is <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, yep. it, That that goes to show you how much our '90s culture has influenced us, right? Yeah. Because everybody knows the term "dope." Yeah. You yeah. know, when we say "yo, that's dope," everybody knows what that means. And at one point in time, your grandma will be looking at you, "What? What you talking about? Those drugs?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is beyond the blockchain. Great interview. Manny Jackson, Thread House, make sure you go look and check out what you got going on. We're going to figure out we're going to do our collabo. Uh, <laughs> UCOC, United Colors of Crypto. Um, but thank you. Um, and anything else you have to say? To leave the people with something?
1: Oh, man. Um, that's it, man. Believe in all your crazy ideas um, and everything. Yo, Ab, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to speak on this. I'm so excited about all the amazing people that you're going to continue to bring on this show. I'm excited about the growth of the show, and I'm excited that you took the risk to do this, and you're um, staying—you're going to stay steadfast with it, you know, and um, everything. By the way, also, I have a podcast as well. It's called Pace Yourself, Not Race Yourself. It's really a mixtape just about this mental health journey that some of us are on— Um, I invite you all To listen to it Like I said It's a mixtape So It's randomly When we'll put out An episode But the cool thing It ties right back Into this collection and ties into The clothing as well It's all It's on all platforms Spotify uh, iTunes Everything So um, Just a little Selfish drop
0: Oh so Because you um, Every time you talk You bring me To another place How important Of How important is it to be consistent as an entrepreneur in this space?
1: It's very important to stay, it's it's important to stay consistent, but the most important thing is to, is to have discipline. And the most important thing is to keep trying. That's the most important thing. Just keep trying because days I don't feel like I'm consistent at all. But when I look back, I see my consistency. I see that I never gave up. I'm never giving up. You know, I, I look back and you see these show these these thing videos playing behind me is my journey of me being consistent and never giving up and trying. So um that's what's important.
0: On that note, we are out. Peace. <laughs>